The more that you chase sex, the more that you lose yourself. You're between her legs. You feel your cock penetrating her as she's receiving you, encouraging you to penetrate deeper and deeper. And as she reaches her climax, and so do you, a silent moment falls upon for you to recognize that I don't love myself. Save you from your loneliness. Save you from your pain. Save you from that which plagues you. Sex won't save you, but love will. Sex won't save you. You're hoping it's going to cover up your pain, your limiting beliefs, your negative self-perceptions, your egoic attachments, all the things in this life that you're carrying, the expectations of the world, of society, your friends, your family, your co-workers, because that, surely, if you're having sex, you must be a successful and honorable, respectable person in this world. You are hoping that the internal expectations of not being afraid of who you are, not being able to connect to who you are, covering up all of that, thinking that you're a worthless, invaluable piece of shit. You thought that that was all going to be solved by having more sex, by the literal physical penetration of another human being, or if you're a female listening to this, the receiving of such. You thought that was going to save you. No, you didn't. But that's what you told yourself, didn't it? And then you said, fuck, I'm so fucking mad at the world. I'm so fucking mad at my parents. So I'm just going to go have sex. We'll just do it. And then now this pattern of using sexual validation, this sexual derivement of your fulfillment in life, Now, all of a sudden, my identity, my concept, my ego has been attached to the process of getting penetrated or penetrating someone else. It's okay. Take a moment for me. How much weight do you hold? How many things do you hold within yourself that could very clearly and easily be put down? All these things you have inside you, why won't you put them down? I talked about external expectations, internal expectations, put them down. Imagine what it would feel like, because I'm sure some of you just hit right back there going, how do I put them down? What if you just breathe into the moment right now? Just right now with me. Don't breathe short, not into your chest, but right deep down into your balls or your eggs. And go. You took that maximal deep breath, but you hold it. Let it sit. Slowly let it out. Let the emptiness sit. How many of you breathe like this? How many of you practice breathing like this? Letting moments have, letting moments sit. Now we take this right back to sex. In the moments when you're about to go address your pain through sex, have you ever just stopped for a moment and go, I need to put this down. I need to put this down. I'm using this person in front of me as a way to bandage over the torn limb that is spurting blood all over this floor in front of me, the floor of my spirit, because a limb has been torn off, because there is pain that exists deeply within me that I'm not willing to finally heal. So I keep bandaging it, keep bandaging over this, this torn limb from me. And so I see this person in front of me, they give me stimulation, they validate me externally, means I validate myself internally, I'm good, they're good, Stops the bleeding, stops the pain, let's do it. How long does it last though? For those of you that have been chasing sex as your savior from pain, uh, your ego existential crises, particularly mid to late 20s, for those of you that life just isn't what you thought it would be, life just isn't as easy as they told you, the system isn't just as benevolent as maybe you had once thought. Maybe it's an actual fight, maybe it's a fight to stay conscious, maybe it's a fight to stay aware of who you are, staying connected to who you are, to do the work. There's a certain community and group of people that would like to refer to that work as the shadow work. 
I'm not particularly fond of those of that terminology and not that I'm against it, but for me, it's just understanding who you are, coming into who you are, being willing to address all the things that you don't like about yourself, about this thing, this fleeting yet somewhat concrete thing we refer to as the ego because it's so ever-present when it's nature of concreteness, but it's fleeting nature, it must be. For it's just a figment of imagination, a concoction, an accumulation of all these ideas that you pick and chose. I like this, I like this, I like this about this. And so I'll incorporate that into who I am. Yeah. And for those of you that might get a little confused on this, uh, make no mistake, we hold on to our pain. Not because it's forced upon us, but because we choose to. Because we like our pain. Why? Because it's ours. Yeah. Ever thought about that? You like your pain. You would never admit this to yourself and you would likely never admit it to anyone else unless you were in a coaching session with me, which I routinely go down. Just this morning, was coaching with a client this morning, getting him to acknowledge that his pain is his own, that he breathes life into it, that he must take responsibility for it and that in a lot of his mental frameworks, he diverts responsibility, misattributes responsibility for his pain to other people. I'm afraid of what other people will think of me. Why would you be afraid of what other people think of you? Because you're afraid of what you think about yourself. The pain point always exists within. No matter how much you try and shoot these arrows outside, the arrows will always come back to you. This podcast is brought to you by BoldDojo.com where you can book one-on-one coaching with myself in order to create action plans, overcome limiting beliefs, destroy negative self-perceptions and egoic attachments. Have a listening ear to the trials of your life, helping you to move forward. You can also sign up for the free weekly email newsletter, The Bold Sip. It's just a quick sip of social dynamics and anything I'm exploring on Fridays. Just go to boldojo.com, sign that up. You can also hit up the free resources of wisdom where I drop my favorite books, movies, quotes, anime, documentaries, music, all of that, all at boldojo.com. And if you would like to help support this podcast, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. Link is down below in the description. Or you can also donate directly through the website, also linked down in the description. Anything that you guys do donate is always extremely appreciated and just goes back to helping support the show and what I do here. So thank you very much. And if you do get anything from this piece of content, please let me know in a comment down below. I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as possible. And also please drop a thumbs up on the video. It just helps the YouTube algorithm, helps send out the video to more people in the community. And if you find that you resonated, share it with a friend who you think would resonate as well. Let's get into today's show. I went through the same things. I used to be so scared of what other people would think about me, not realizing that actually it's because I don't have a particularly high value of myself. I don't particularly love myself. And if I don't particularly love myself, why would I expect anyone else to particularly love me? It's not until you come to a final acceptance, a totality of acceptance within yourself in which that I am what I am. I am what I am. Whatever's led me to this point, wrong or right, good or bad, these are subjective labels. They happened. I can never go back and change them. So as Thich Nhat Hanh, may he rest in peace, the Zen philosopher once elaborated in his workings, for that which you cannot control, please do not worry about. Please do not worry about what you cannot control. And you certainly cannot control the past. But what you do have available to you is this moment in time. What you do have available to you is this moment in time where you can go ahead and produce the very best of yourself. You can dedicate yourself to principles, to values. How many of you, if I asked you right now, what are your top three values in life? What are your top three principles in life? What is your way of viewing life? How many of you would be able to sit there and go, all right, here's my principles, direct, congruent, authentic, with empathy. Here's my values, honesty, trust, respect. Okay, here's what I'm going to view my life through. It's a bit of a temple-like structure. Bear with me. There's this purpose level. There's this physical level, mental level, social level. And then you transcend through an inner garden at the top of all that into my inner knowing of true nature. 
How many of you have that rigor, that rigor of mental framework as to how you're navigating yourselves in life? If you do, then it's very unlikely that you are asking yourself to save yourself through sex, that you would ask another human being through, this is where it gets so juicy. For when, if you're a male listening to this and you're staring down into a woman's eyes, you're naked, she's naked, you're between her legs, you feel your hips thrusting into her, you feel your cock penetrating her as she's receiving you, you see her eyes roll back, the gasps, the moans, she's grabbing the back, she's digging her fingernails into your ass, encouraging you to penetrate deeper and deeper, stronger and stronger, sweat dripping intensity of ecstasy between you and her. And as she reaches her climax, and so do you, a silent moment falls upon for you to recognize that I don't love myself. I think I just asked her to give me my self-love. I was only doing this because for a brief moment in life, as I penetrate another and I see that makes them happy, I can experience some level of happiness. Do you feel better or worse off after that? In the short term, I'm sure you'd say I feel better. But when, you, when she goes to sleep that night, and when you guys turn off the lights, you blow out the candles, she rolls over, you roll over, and you're left there staring up at the ceiling, and you realize that I was only using sex to transact on some form of validation in which I'm certainly not willing to give myself. And now it's gone. And now it's gone. In the morning, it'll be gone. She'll be gone, which means my validation will be gone, which means I will be gone. For I had not formed a true connection to who I am. I had not truly understood who I am in this life. And so that's why I used the penetration. That's why I used the wet pussy and the hard cock and the banging balls to try and understand who I am. You see how ridiculous it is? I almost started laughing when I said that because it is so ridiculous, yet why do so many people do this? I'll tell you this right now, right at the bat, by the way, guys, we're still in the intro of this podcast. I actually have like a couple of messages that I want to go into that's going to form like the main context of today's session in regards to one of my clients and a supporter of this channel, but we're not there yet. So I don't know. Normally these intros like only last like a couple of minutes, but we're deep in it. So let's keep rolling here. I have, I have been with enough women in my life that have used sex as pain to recognize that this is not the way. I personally, not for a very long time, Maybe once in my life, and maybe I'll tell that story a little bit later in the podcast where I recognize that, okay, this is not right on my end, that I don't think I'm using sex properly here. Okay, we'll get to that. I'd love to. But talking about the girls that I've experienced, and I've been with enough, and hopefully it wasn't, and thankfully I should say, it wasn't too many, in which I realized that this girl was only using me to cover over the fact that she has a terrible relationship with her parents, her family, with her best friend, with the fact that she doesn't know what it is she's doing in life, whatever pain point it may have been. And I recognize that a couple of times and then go, okay, 
how can I be privy to this? How can I be a supporter of this? How can I be enabling this with her? Can't do it. Can't do it. I remember the first time I experienced it. It was from a girl that I met on an online dating app, which I don't use anymore, but we're hearkening back to pre-COVID era here. Isn't it interesting how some of the girls that show the most aggressive... Oh, my apologies, my friends. Just so you know, the camera has to reset on its own. I'm, I have to say this like once every session now because we're still using the old camera. My new camera's not back yet. Getting back on the story. How interesting it is that girls that show the most aggressive signs of sexuality off the bat in terms of the direct messaging, in terms of their sending of videos, playing with themselves, sending extremely sexualized photos, etc., voice messages, just even type, just saying that I just want you to come all over my face. And you guys don't even know each other. You guys have never even been in real life with each other. How often it is that those are the girls that are chasing such intense sexuality to cover the pain that exists within them. They're hoping that the sex would save them. And then you go through this a couple times. Go through this a couple times. Because if you've never seen this before as a man, and don't worry, we'll flip the perspectives. We'll get the other end. But for now, if you've never seen this as a man or as a young boy who's just experiencing sexuality for the first time, you just think that, oh, she's just horny as fuck. She just really loves sex. And that's why she's so aggressive at this point. And this is not to shit on aggressive sexual appetite. Sexual appetite. I love aggressive sexual appetite. A girl jacked me off in the cinema just a few days ago. I'm all about, I'm all about doing some wild shit. But in its contextual time and its correctly placed contextual moment, if you guys don't even know each other, you guys have not even tested your sexual energy. And she's already giving you green lights that go beyond green lights. We're talking about it's just a green city. It's not even green lights. It's a green city, which means you can do anything to me at any moment, at any time. There is no barrier of entry here. There is no qualification test. There's no quality assurance about whether you're even a good guy or not. I just need you to fuck me. I just need you to fucking satisfy me. That's what I need you to do. If you've never seen this before, you would never associate that level of intense sexuality and sexual appetite with the fact that she's experiencing tremendous pain. You would never associate that or even come to conceptualize the idea that maybe it's because she has a couple kids and that her ex-partner who used to beat her and beat the kids has a restraining order against him and has got a court case coming up in a few months and she has to pair all these legal papers and she's got the legal finance of all that and she has to have visits with these kids and so there's just so much pressure and then her entire life has been derailed. She wanted to study. She wanted to make something of herself but now she finds herself in this endless hamster wheel, this hamster wheel of which that I've got to live for other people now. I don't even have my own life anymore now. So the only thing I can extract, the only pleasure, satisfaction I can extract from this life is by having another male stimulate me on the carnal level, on the physicality level, sexual desire level, like an animal. Treat me like an animal. And I'll let him treat me like an animal. I'll put up no qualifying barriers. No qualification barriers. He could be an absolute fish. He could be an absolute dragon. Doesn't matter. I wouldn't even care. You would never associate that that woman, if you didn't know that backstory that I just mentioned, that's where it's coming from. You just think it's, oh, she's really into me. Oh, she's just really horny today. It's our first date. Yet she's already trying to whack me off in the middle of the park. She's already trying to suck my dick when we're just down on the river. It's like, hang on a second, man. It's okay if that's your first experience going through it and you've never seen that before. 
because that was the experience of me. Of course, how the fuck did I get such a specific and detailed story out for you here off the cuff? Because it's not off the cuff. It's I mean, it's off the cuff in the sense that I don't plan these podcasts, but it's off the cuff. It's it's a uh, it's a experience that I've been through, where I legitimately didn't realize that because not until later on, in which I spoke to her about the fact that listen, I'll be honest with you here. I'm into some really sexual shit. Like I'm in really animalistic shit, but I don't even know who you are. And it's actually making me quite uncomfortable to the degree in which that you're pressurizing the sex between us. Send this as a message. I want to connect. I want to understand who you are. I want to understand who you are in relation to me. I can't be comfortable if you're not comfortable because it is certainly not comfortable to push a sexual pace in which that you two are not in frequency and alignment with each other. If the vibration is not mutual, the vibration is not mutual, then the sexual pleasure can certainly not be. So help me out, girl. Help me out. Tell me what's been going on. And then she unloads about the pain in which that she endures, the suffering in which that she experiences. And then it comes to grip with, oh, she thought sex was over. Now, I said we'll flip the perspectives here. So this was a pre-context message sent in to me by one of my clients for a session that I had earlier this morning. So it was literally sent in this morning. And he's currently on a 30-day challenge of cold social dynamics, his first ever one. Uh, he's actually falls much higher and end of the scale of social dynamics. Like he's almost borderline natural. Actually, I would say he is a natural outside of the specific social skill set of going up to a random cold person, whether it be in the day or in the night. He's starting off a 30-day challenge and he sent this into me saying, I had a good day of approaching and accepting my fears and my mood got a little better. I also had a two, three-day period where I stumbled upon some pickup blog online. I've been using a certain city's locations guide from the same blogger and I decided to investigate the rest of his posts. I became engrossed in reading all his field reports and so on. This got me excited about the journey and all the possibilities that lay ahead of me. I was starting to believe that success was possible. But after a day or two of this, I became quite depressed and realized why I'd never liked the pickup community in the first place. All of the posts and articles were just guys breaking down the most stupid and pointless shit with the sole objective of getting sex. It didn't matter how fun the date was, how much you enjoyed connecting with the girl, this or that. All that mattered to them was how much sex you could get in a month-long period, etc. Unsurprisingly, the blogger reported that his retention rate, in quotes, was extremely low, meaning after girls sleep with him once, they don't want to see him again. Regardless, it reminded me that chasing results only leads to depression and also made me far more appreciative of your approach to social dynamics and dating. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for a tremendous message there, Mr. Client. Now, for those wondering what he means when he says he appreciates my approach towards social dynamics and dating, how does that differ from the pickup community? Well, it's simply this. It's about who you're becoming, not who you're getting. It's about getting off that external drive and onto the internal generation of value, choosing to fill your own cup, not asking someone else to fill it for you, which inherently is a cup of no bottom. It's about coming to know yourself into relation to others. It's about coming to understand that as human beings, we're all imperfect. We've all got our shit. And that through approaching someone else with the intent to do the best me so that they can enjoy the best them and we can have a mutually best experience together. It's just the best experience that we're looking for here. Not for one person, but for both. That no matter how shit I am now, no matter how much I suck now, I will do the best me. I will bring the very best 50 that I can, 50% of the interaction that I can, which is my intent, my eye contact, my vocal tonality slash projection, my body language, and finally, my overall vibration, my vibe. 
if I can put together the best of that, and even if I'm at the beginning of my journey, and all of that is maybe in each little sector right there, only as 10% as it could be altogether, and it's just rubbish, right? It's really, really poor because I'm so scared, because I'm so nervous and so anxious, but I still hold this three key combination, which is number one, I have a love for the journey, which means that I love the fact that I'm on here approving myself. Not because I want other people to validate me for having improved myself, but I'm here improving myself because I know it will benefit others. Not just myself, but others. All these things we do, not just for ourselves, but for others. For if you're only going to live this life, hoping that and taking from everyone else around you, trying to see yourself rise through this ladder, through this game, this snakes of ladders in which that, or ladders of snakes, I should say, in which that is such a slippery slope. Everyone's just trying to take each other down. Everyone's trying to kill each other psychologically, ego extensionally. At the end of your life, you will walk back saying, what the hell did I just do? What the hell did I just live for the last 85 years? At your funeral, how many people will look back saying, that was a good guy. She was a good woman. She helped a lot of people. She helped me out. When I didn't need, I didn't ask her to. She helped me out when she didn't have to. He was the kind of guy that I wish my daughter had met. That one, that one's bittersweet, isn't it? That one stung me a little inside. Why? Because I think about those who are so lost. I think about that one key metric. If you're a male listening to this or if you're a woman who has a daughter. The kind of guy you want your daughter to meet. Leave that one there with you. Getting back to the point here. You're bringing the best of yourself. You're bringing the best of your, as I said before, all of your 50. And even if it's terrible, even if it's rubbish, if you had love for the journey that you're on, now we're back. If you have love for the journey that you're on, which is a journey of itself, which is recognizing that I am a journey. I am a journey. I'm that work in progress. I'm that whip. I'm that on the dirt path. I'm on the dirt path through the dirt gate. And there are so many easier ways of going about this. There are jets. There are hot air balloons. There are rockets which you can ride on, which is that dollar, right? Flexing the dollar, flexing the money, flexing the cars, flexing the gram. But how many of you do you know? How many of you know someone who's flexing hard that has a host of mental issues internally? Let that one sting again. Let that one sting again. For all of those people that you see that are trying so hard on social media to make you believe that they are some type of person that lives some type of way, how, how much you do not know about the suffering that they exist within. How much you do not know about the suffering that exists within them. That they have disconnected truly from who they are. And so they must seek an external source for validation. It's a different thing when you've got someone who's flexing but it's an internal flex. They don't give a shit. I don't care whether you like that post, whether you comment that post, share that post, whether you think it better of them or not. They show you all of it. How would you know that, by the way? They show you all of it. They show you when they're sad. They show you when they're not feeling good about themselves. They show you when they're worried about the state of the world or state of what's happening within their world. They show you the full eclipse of humanity, of what a human being could be. That's how you know. Right? That's real. But if you see a perfectly curated grid of the highlights of someone's life, you are surely not seeing the bedrock of which is their daily existence. So getting back to this love for the journey. 
that you are a journey. Right? This really ties back into the larger point of this entire podcast, which is sex going to save you? Sex going to save you. Get the fuck out of here. So before we get onto this completely different topics here, I mean, completely getting up, not finishing this topic. Love for the journey. Love for who you are. Love for the fact that even if you're shit right now, it's okay. I will get better. As long as I hold the key intent always to want the best for the other person I'm interacting with, it does not matter how poor you are because everyone can sense good intent, which is why it is always the key of your 50. If you're a guy who has little to no sexual experience, little to no sexual interaction with feminine beings whatsoever, yet you go out to a girl in the mall, in the club, in the bar, doesn't matter, in the fucking park, in the library, buying coconut oil, it doesn't matter. And you went up to her and you said, excuse me, miss. Listen, I'm quite frankly, I'm a bit nervous about this, but I just thought you looked really cute today. I had to say hi. My name's Adam. And it ended there because you didn't know what to do and she responded with a little gasp. That's so nice. That's so nice of you. Thank you so much. It's actually made my day. It's having a bit of a shit day. Do you know how many times that has happened? Do you know how many times that happens? Yeah, it's not all the time. Of course. You might be some people that go, eh, whatever, and they just go blink out on you because they're not open. They're not receptive to light. But if you came from a true light position, you're truly trying to commute light within yourself, then that's all that mattered. Now, why were you trying to communicate light? Was it just so that you could appear so light so that people could see how awesome your light is? No, it's because I know that the light would improve the other person. I know it would give them the best experience, which would allow them to express the best of themselves. So we get a mutual combination of best selves in best experiences. This is what I think we should be approaching in life. This is where I differ. And this is where the larger point of where we are on the podcast is where I differ from most people in a social dynamic dating space, which is that I'm really not so concerned about what this is doing for me. I know as a prerequisite that if I go out there and face all of the fears and the pain that exists within me, and I get to see that day after day, the fire of illumination burns away all of my egoic concept. I know that through every single day that I do that, it's going to happen. It has to happen. For if you are not already in a place in which that you can go up to another human being and just give, give the best of an experience, give the best of who you are, want the best for them, right? you're drenching them in love and the peace and the joy of things. If you're not there yet, then there is something that is tremendously disconnected within you. We're not talking about you had a hard day, you're a tired day. I'm talking about when you're feeling all right. Energies levels are all right. How do you rise, sleep? Right? The weather's not fucking chaos. It's all right. Everything's all right. And so it's a nice, even playing field here. And you get two guys. One of them is out there thinking, I'm a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. I need to pretend like I'm not a piece of shit. Right, I really suck. And I really pretend like I need to suck. So I'm going to get these lines. I'm going to get these lines. And I'm going to try and fiddle my way through this. And I'm going to try a trick. And I'm going to try to go these lines. And these lines. <laughs> I've got, I've got this way of this structure, these algorithms. This is what I'll say. This is what I'll do. Fuck, let's go. And then you say the other guy who's like, okay, I suck. I know I suck. I'm worried about what other people think. I'm worried about what I think about myself. I'm just scared. But I'm going to do my best to give this girl the best experience. How do you think the girl receiving is going to feel on the other end? What do you think her experience is? 
of the two different gentlemen. Now, I can tell you, we don't even have to hypothetical this because I've had so many experiences where I've gone up to a girl, whether it be in the mall or in a night venue, and just dropped it real. You know, we hit that third principle then, we'll talk about principle before, the authenticity principle, right? In which that, I'm doing what I feel is right. And what I feel is right is to get off me and give you the best. Get off what is I need to sustain my own ego and give you what I know all humans love. To be seen. To be understood. To be known for that which exists within both you and them. An eternal connection. An eternal connection from which a source that we all were born from. You can communicate that through your eyes. You can sing that song through your voice in not so many words. Before we get super deep here, what I'm trying to say is the girl that comes back saying he may have been a bit of a nerd, he may have been a bit of a goof, he goofed up on a lot of things actually, but it was adorable. It was endearing because I felt better for having him come into my life. We work on the other things. We work on the other things. But something I cannot teach you is to derive and generate that sense of love. The love for the journey of who you're becoming. The love for the journey of what it means to give someone else the best experience. It's a whip. It's a whip, both of them. Yeah? Work in progress. It's not going to happen in a day. That's what the fire of illumination is. That's why you entangle with a process that is going to burn away the worst of you and highlight the best of you, such as meeting cold strangers in whatever respect you wish to do it. As long as you do it with respect for the other person and the respect for the best experience of both of you, love for the journey. Now, at peace with the outcome is the third principle, a second principle there, which we're talking about how do I differ from other pickup coaches and or I'm not even a pickup, I wouldn't even call myself a pickup coach. I'm certainly a social dynamics coach, but pickup is a long gone artifact of this, what should be a long gone artifact for everyone. Some people are still hanging on to a real uh, childishly, I should say, very immature, like to have not evolved beyond that. Like, yeah, there was a moment in time where it was probably necessary to just to bust through the perception or just into the mic, just to develop a market, develop a sense and awareness for the fact that guys should be good at interacting with women. Like we seem to have gotten to a place where guys are very bad at interacting with women. Let's have some active education, but they took it way too far. And listen, I'm, I'm not trying to sit here like I'm some perfect angel. When I came up, I was attracted to that stuff as well. When I was younger, I listened to all the voices, good and bad. And then I discerned, as Bruce Lee did for himself, right, you take what's useful, you discard what's not, and then you make uniquely what is your own. That is where you find me here today. And what I found is uniquely my own is that we have a love for the journey and being at peace with the outcome. Ding, ding, peace with the outcome. What does that mean? What it means is that even though I know I'm shit, and even though I'm trying to give the best of my experience to another and trying to allow them to enjoy the best of experience, they might not enjoy that. They might reject that. Sucks all the air out of your room, doesn't it, when you hear that word, rejection? Because you thought sex was going to save you. 
And this is now when we're getting to a bit of a deeper concept around what sex is. I was doing some weird shit with the water bowl, had to reset the camera anyway, back on it. So sex is a much larger concept than just the literal pumps per minute right? and the spreading of legs. Sex includes the spiritual connection, the love, make love, not make sex. We'll talk about that a little bit later on today's podcast when we get a little bit more central, get a little more romantic, a little more explicit about things, a little bit more adult about things. But sex also includes actually just the general dance of sexual connection, sexual polarity between the masculine and feminine, which surely begins the moment you two make eye contact. The moment you look into each other's eyes, that's when sex begins. If we would talk about it in the most macro sense of what sex can be. Being at peace with the fact that someone can reject you. I don't buy this bullshit that rejection is not a thing. No, you're perfect as you are. No, you're not. Otherwise, you would not be here. No human is perfect. Some of us far less, far more imperfect than we would care to acknowledge. That's okay. Steady the ship and come to peace with the outcome, which means that I may be doing the best that I can, but that doesn't mean it's up to standard. Allowing and permitting and understanding the concept that they have their 50. They have all of the things that they are holding in their lives, in their self-concept. They have their own limiting beliefs, NB, NSPs and EAs, I should say. They have, all their, they have all their shit, all their baggage, all their hurt lockers, which they have not resolved. And if they would like to resolve it, they could go back to last week's podcast on how to heal your hurt locker. But not everyone's seen that podcast, have they? <laughs> Lovely. So, so, there is a lot of times when you are going to get rejected, not because what you did was so imperfect, but because they are not receptive. They are either not emotionally attuned to them, emotionally available, logistically available, or romantically available. They can be unavailable in many ways in which that they would need to reject you. That's why you must discern and understand, come to grips with the principle of that, I'm at peace with the outcome. I am okay if this woman does not see the light that I'm trying to give her. I am, now, remember, this is in the situation in which that your 50 is on. Now, let's take the situation in which that your 50 is off. Sorry if I've been bumping the mic cord there. Move this. Let's take the situation in which that your 50 is off. Because for the most of you who are beginning the journey of social dynamics, your 50 is going to be off. Your intent and eye contact, tonality, body language, vibe, it's not going to be great. Right? Then you should get rejected. Why? Because that's the information and that's the feedback as to how you would get better. How you would get better. Not getting better at getting laid, not getting better at getting more sex, getting better at knowing who you are so that you could give another the best of who you are, allowing them to enjoy the best of themselves. Come into this moment together, be the best that you can be. It's whole, it's there for you. Mm. Drink that shit in. It makes me feel good just talking about it. So... If I can be at peace with the outcome either way in which that I'm doing the best that I can and I'm actually it's pretty fucking good and she still rejects me because of it because she's emotionally, logistically, or romantically unavailable, fantastic. That's fine as well. Why? Let the leaves fall where they may. I let the leaves fall where they may. Once I shake this tree, I let the leaves fall where they may. I don't care where the leaves fall. I would like the leaves to fall far away from my base. I would like the leaves to spread out for the leaves themselves were the goodness I was trying to communicate. I was trying to give as a gift. In this analogy here, this is where you need to understand that letting the leaves fall where they may, you would hope that they would fall far and wide 
reaching everyone, reaching the depths of everyone. Golden leaves falling from your tree. But in the situation that they don't fall where you wanted them to. And maybe they barely get an inch beyond your own trunk. Which means that you knew what you were trying to do. You were trying to give her the best of your eyes. You were trying to sit down deeply, sexually grounded into your vocals to communicate a strong masculine frame. But it just didn't come it just didn't come off that way. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, you're so cool. It just didn't come off that way, did it? Sorry, I mean, it just came off that way, didn't it? It didn't come off the way that you wanted. That's okay, because I'm at peace with the outcome. And the feedback from that rejection of her saying, ah, not today, if not in so many words, but saying, oh, we've got to go anyways. Oh, I've got to go be my friends. Oh, this has been great, but thank, thank you very much. It's very nice of you, but... Or even if it's just like, uh, roll the eyes, right? Or even if it's like a really harsh and it's just like, fuck off. You know, it's, it's rare if you're coming from the best of intents, but can happen, particularly at night, can happen. And in that situation, if you can't be at peace with that outcome, if you can't be at peace with the fact that sometimes the leaves just not going to fall where they want, where I want them to. That's okay. So in any situation, I'll be okay. Because I know that this is not a game of one and done. This is not me trying to get laid tonight. And for those of you that are trying to get laid tonight, here's my best advice for you to get laid tonight. Stop trying to get laid tonight. That used to be one of the mindsets that guys had that used to really fuck with me when I was in high school and like late high school and you could start going out to clubs, which is this bravado amongst young males and wish that they're at the pre-drinks and they're like, oh, can I fucking pussy tonight? I'm going to fuck this girl tonight. Whether it was like a you know warm, lukewarm interaction they already had with a girl and they know they're going to be at the same club or whether it was just that, ah, oh, no, I'm just going to pull some random girl tonight, fucking pull tonight. And it's like... It always really fucked with me. And I always thought it was just because I was super sensitive or a super like over emotionally sensitive kid, which to a large degree I was. But in this one specific area, it seemed that that wasn't necessarily a contributing factor to the why it didn't feel good for me. It's almost as if they were preconditioning the fact that sex itself is about the validation that comes from it, the transactional nature of it, the saving of oneself from it. What those young boys probably didn't understand about themselves was that they saw that sex was going to save them from social judgment, from the fear of not being considered cool, a sick cunt. And what if you weren't considered cool or a sick cunt in your circles as a young male in Australia or wherever you may be? Oh, then I'll be rejected again. Does that hurt? Does that sting? Why does it sting if you're not considered popular and cool? If you're not approved of by your peers? Why does that sting? Is it because you don't approve of yourself? Because you've not sat yet into a confidence within yourself, not sat deeply grounded and centered within yourself to know that these external opinions are but images in a mirror. go out on the strip you're 18 year 12 all the boys have been drinking you go out you're in the club 
see a bunch of girls, effortless. They just approach, they just go up to them. The girls just seem to like them. Yet you're standing there shaking, shaking to death because there's so much pressure. Not because you don't know how to talk to people, not because you are so socially incompetent, but because you are so emotionally incompetent. Because you are concerned, not with what the girls think of you, but what the guys do, what your friends think of you, and what the report will be back at the end of the night. I went through this myself. I went through this myself. For those of you that don't know, there is a festival here in Australia called Schoolies. It's the end of year 12. So, and for my American people listening to this, year 12 is the end of our high school education. And then after that, you go to university. So you're roughly 18 years old when you finish year 12. And there's a nationwide festival in Australia for all the graduating years of uh, of that year. So they go to schoolies. And schoolies is held in various cities. Every major city has their own schoolies festival. And it's basically a three-day festival of just fuckery, of just alcohol, drugs, and sex. The first two is like understood. The first one is approved. The second one is definitely not approved. And the sex is definitely not approved. Uh, but it's all understood. Like the, the event organizers, they get it. They get what's happening here. So not that they market it that way. They market it as just a fun time to connect with your friends, but they know that's, that's not what's happening. Well, it's happening. It's part of what's happening. But it's not all of what's happening. It's definitely not why people are mostly going for it. So yeah, you got these major cities. For when I was near 12, when I went to schoolies, I had to lie to my friends about hooking up with a girl because I felt like the old one out. I don't think I've ever told this story on the podcast. This is good. I had to lie. I think it was on the first night. It was on the first night. What you have to imagine is just giant uh, stages and multiple, like there's probably like 10 10, maybe not 10, maybe six to seven, at least when I was in year 12, which is going back now, like 11 years or whatever, uh, back in 2012, 2011, end of 2011. And there was six or seven main stages where they had DJs and there's just thousands. It's all of South Australia gets located, all the finishing year level, uh, year 12s, they all camp out, they've got tents, there's like camping sites and some, if you're rich enough, you've got your own condo or whatever. But I was in a campsite and so at night, during the day, you just don't, you go to the beach, you fuck around, there's not really much to do. You play board games, right? You have barbecue. But then at night, that's when everything goes down and everyone just starts drinking, they're doing drugs and the music's going and there's just lasers. And the, the preconceived idea is that this is the time to hook up. Not even just like in terms of like putting your lips on someone, but if you wanted to have sex, this would be a place to do it. Not that they have like, love hotels or love rooms but there's a there's a lot of let's just say back alleys in the right word there's a lot of secluded areas around <laughs> around uh these environments and also of course you've got your tent literally back at the tent site at campsite so yeah, it's not a hard logist it's very well logistically planned if you were going and so inclined to have sex there you go so when everyone heads out that night, it's exactly as I was describing before, which is going to get laid tonight. I going to pull tonight. Going to have sex tonight. How many? But it's not even just like you're going to get that once. It's like how many times can you do that is the rhetoric around particularly very 
Aussie male groups. I'm not sure if this was prevalent in the Italians or the Asian groups. Those are the other two main ethnicities when I was growing up in Australia. It was mostly Australian blokes who sound like me because I have a very Australian accent or the Italians or the Asians. So at the high school I went to, I was the only Asian basically. Like the only, I would consider whitewashed Asian. There was like one other whitewashed Asian girl. That was it. All the other Asians were just international students that came from Japan or China and not that many, like maybe 10 or 20. But in terms of like, yeah, I was the only one with our Asian blood. It's changed a lot now, obviously, but back when I was then. So I was part of the Aussie group. And this is the rhetoric around the Aussie group, which is that you're going to go to sex tonight, you're going to pull a girl tonight. At a minimum, you're just going to make out of a lot of girls. Like that is the idea here. And then when I rocked up on this festival, I was aware of social dynamics at the time. I'd been practicing my day social skill set quite a bit. So I could actually go out in the day and reasonably reliably go up to a random girl and give a relatively good experience and we would exchange details haven't been out on dates though yet this was during that stage of 17 to 19 where i wasn't able to put it through and connect it through to an actual date or an actual day too there's a deeper story for a different time in terms of the romantic complacency of things not going out enough egoic mindsets in terms of it's a very deep conversation. We can get back. If we find ourselves later in this conversation, we'll get back to it. But basically, it's safe to say, which is that I was socially competent enough to go and meet random strangers. I would have assumed that I would have been in a in what's considered more than a lukewarm environment. This is a very hot environment where girls, while they're not just like literally walking around naked, some of them pretty cl- damn close to it. Actually, a lot of them were working. What am I saying? A lot of them were working around naked uh, in the, in the uh, campsite. Not, I mean, like, just because obviously you stay there over three nights, uh, you're going to see some naked girls. <laughs> uh, what I mean by that is that like girls were just like uh, truth or dare and you know they'll, they'll do stupid shit. They'll, they'll run in and out of the showers, shower blocks back to the tents naked and whatnot. Like, oh, okay, it's so titties, all right. Okay. Anyways, back to Monopoly. <laughs> so it's a pretty rowdy environment is what I'm saying. So anyways, going back to this festival, it's not that girls are literally naked there, but they dress down and they spark up. Right? Girl, you can see it in their eyes because they've been pre-drinking as well. For those, uh, you know, there's a few sober girls hanging around, but most most girls are either at the minimum very liquid, very liquid, if not absolutely loose. And... I found myself overwhelmed by this environment because particularly I've been just meeting people out in the day and now you're in this night environment and I'm feeling the pressure from all my other friends who just seem to be effortlessly hooking up with girls. That's why I brought this up, just effortlessly hooking up with girls as if I was saying if you're going out tonight, you're just going out and you step into a bar and you see your friends and they're just effortlessly hooking up with girls. It's just so natural for them. They just flow with it. It helps that they have all their inhibitions released by liquid courage known as alcohol and it does not help that in this environment, which is so intense, it's so chaotic, the music, the lights, the lasers, the alcohol, the drugs, and you are sober. See, I committed to the sober life from uh, 13 years old. After I got extremely, extremely drunk on when I was 13 years old, uh, one time, long story, with my girlfriend at the time, we'll leave that story for another time. It was a great night, nothing bad happened, but after that, I said, yeah, I'm not, never going to have alcohol again in my life. Not because of that night, but that night was a, a kind of a bit of like a shining light onto me that I don't need this. I don't need this in my life. It's like I can, I can be me. I can do me without alcohol. In this environment though, oh boy, oh boy, could have I uh, used the Jack Daniels? Apparently, I don't know. Apparently, it has a good effect on people. But, got crushed. 
got crushed. I smile back looking now at the fear and the anxiety that I had stepping into this environment in which that all my friends were super, I, never, I only had one friend that was like a belligerent drunk. All of them were all happy drunks. My, some of my friends from my older senior levels uh, came back as toolies, which are guys that have actually left school, but they come back the very year, next year later uh, to come back and do schoolies again because it was just that good. And obviously they know it's easy to meet girls at that time. So I had, my, I had boys from the upper year level that I knew, from my brother's year level. They were all pumping me up. They were all jumping all over me and just having a fucking great time. And I was there just, again, shaking internally, trying to put on a brave face, trying to put on a brave face because I was not at peace with the outcome. I had no love for the journey. This, I don't even know what this was. I don't even know why I'm feeling so scared about things here. It's like, why am I not able to go up to a girl and just talk to her? Because I'm so concerned about whether I get to have sex with her or not and what that would mean if I didn't in regards going back to the other guys. I was more afraid of the opinion of my friends. Throughout the entire night, I witnessed all my friends hooking up and making out with girls. Several of them went back to tents with girls and I was just, man. at the end, I was so, I don't know sure if ashamed was the right word, but it's pretty close. Not ashamed of the fact that I hadn't met any girls, but ashamed of the fact that I'm going to have to lie to them that I had met girls. So as we're like walking back from the festival site to the tents, everyone's talking about their accolades. They're talking about their medals. Oh, I made out with five girls. I made out with six girls. Oh, I actually went back to this girl's tent for a little bit. I'm going back to her tomorrow's, right? And everyone's talking about all these accolades. Again, their Euros, their kebab, talking about their medals. Not that I'm saying that's the right mindset. Don't get that wrong at all, at all here. It's definitely not the right mindset. But that's why. That's exactly why I'm telling the story like this. I have to tell you the way they, they spoke. And, I, and they were going, Adam, Adam, who'd you get with? How many girls did you get with? And then I was like, oh, yeah, fucking, uh, yeah, I got with this one girl. You remember that girl with the like the, the bubble wrap around like you know that the necklace thing? And, and he's like, oh, really? Fuck, I didn't see that. And I'm like, yeah, you missed out, man. And as I'm playing this uh, false bravado, this falsehood within me, lying to them, lying straight out of my soul, I'm losing a part of my soul. Part of my spirit died in that moment. And what's so brilliant about the spirit, what's so brilliant about the human spirit is that it can be regenerated. If you feel like you have taken hit, taken damage. And I think what I'm really saying there is that the spirit is eternal. The spirit is whole in and of itself. But we cover it up. We pile shit onto it so that we cannot see the light. And that's what I mean by taking hits, taking damage. Because I don't actually believe that the spirit is something you could ever destroy or something that you could damage uh, in perpetuity for a permanent state. I believe that who you know yourself to be, your true essence, your true spirit, is undying, it's whole, it's centered, it is grounded, it is eternal. It's an ongoing thread. That had no beginning and no ending. Always there for you. But when I say that I lost a piece of myself, or if you ever hear me say that I lost a piece of myself, I lost a piece of my spirit, I took damage to my spirit, all that meant was that I just covered up some of the light that was coming from it. I threw shade onto myself. And that's how it felt, having to lie to my friends that I had made out with a girl and I hooked up with her 
before I was the only one in my friendship group that hadn't. I was using sex to save myself. How about that? Just reflecting on that now for the first time. 11 years later. It's so powerful to realize that I was in pain inside. I was hurting myself. If I had simply put down all of the expectations that I had mentioned at the beginning of this podcast and had come back to this fundamental principle of, I just need to be at peace with the outcome. You know how to meet girls. You were the first person in your friendship group to ever lose their virginity. You were the first girl, you were the first guy you even knew anywhere in a in your entire side of the city that had even touched a girl at the age that you did when 13 and had a girl touch you. It's like you are sexually competent well beyond everyone else in your friendship group. Most of your friendship group still has the virginity at 18. Like I'm really I'm talking as my own experience right here. It's because of this ego you had built up about I'm a guy who can go out, I can meet people in the day on the street, I can meet strangers. I've lost my virginity already. I'm generally speaking really good with girls anyway. It's like, so fuck yeah, so fuck yeah I'll, pay, I'll play into this. I'll play into this whole thing. And I'll uphold these expectations and I'll know inside with the conversation, the contract signed saying that sex will save me. Little did you realize that sex was going to be the thing that destroyed you. How often that is the case now that we start to move out of this particular story. But just to wrap it up, just to put the final point on it, I didn't hook up with a single girl the entire festival. The three three nights and four days that you're there. You just gotta, I just think back to the amount of pain that that kid was in. <laughs> and all self-inflicted, all self-imposed. If he'd simply put down everything he was holding and just went out and had fun, got onto love for the journey, be at peace with the outcome. And then finally, the, the final principle, which we have not tagged into here, to have a joy for doing the damn thing. So let's take this example now back to the main one, which I had started this with, which was going out on the night. You're going out on tonight, right? Got a couple of your boys with you. You know, they're very effortless. They're very flowing with females. Sexual dynamics seems to be there, but it's not there with you. Why is it not there with you? I'm scared of what? Hmm. I'm scared at first. I'm scared if the girl doesn't like me. I'm scared if the girl rejects me. Really? Would that be so bad? Why? Wouldn't that be a private battle for you alone? Would it hurt so much if the rejection was a private battle? If it was a isolated room, just you and her, you put forward whatever you put forward. She said, nah, actually, I'll pass, but thank you. Or even not, and thank you, just I'll pass. And then you got to leave that room and no one knew. Would it hurt that much? Probably not as much as if your friends are there. And that there's a club of people around you. And you have to stay in this venue with these people around you. Now we start to understand what it is you're actually afraid of. Well, well, hang on. 
another level of what you're actually afraid of. It's not so much that you're afraid of the girl rejecting you, it's more so that you're afraid of your friends rejecting you for having been rejected. And then why would that be so painful? Because if your friends reject you, that means that you're unworthy. Why? Who gave them that power? Who gave your friends the power to deem that you're unworthy? You did. So what does that mean about you? That you don't deem yourself worthy. That you have have denied yourself worth. You have denied yourself connection to who you are. You let that one sit. And you let that ride deep. Real deep. I know you're nodding right now. I know your heart's nodding right now. Because that denial of self-worth is what I went through myself. If I had given myself approval to be who I am, in all of its inadequacy, in all of its limit, in all of its less than optimal social performance, then at least the pathway to having a joy for doing the thing would have been born. And a perfect segue that was into the third principle that separates me from all these other coaches out there, all these other people who are instructing on the, at least in the sphere of human interaction, not that I know of too many others that touch all the other areas that I touch, but I certainly do touch the dating aspect. I certainly do touch the sexual aspect. And what certainly differs me from all of them is not just having a love for the journey and being at peace with the outcome, but a joy for doing the thing. Having joy for being who you are, to express who you are, to be so joyous, to just laugh, to laugh your way through it, no matter how shit you are, no matter how great you are, what a mistake you make with the person that you meet, which that you know you did well, but they're just a fish, right? They're just having a bad night, having a bad night. And you can just laugh your way through it going, that's okay. I'm going to meet the next person. I'm going to hit up the next person because I can only interact with one person at one time. Even if I'm talking to a group, I'm only talking to one person within that group. You can never simultaneously be looking at five people. You look at one person in the eye at one time. And you may be machine gunning, hopefully not, to many people in this group. But hopefully you would be sitting in with your eyes, connecting with your eyes, interacting with your eyes. That's what I hope you would be doing. And I hope you'll be doing it through this joy principle, which is that if I'm so joyous to just be doing this, then principle one and principle two, the love for that journey, the peace of that outcome, that'll take care of itself, doesn't it? For I don't think you could have a love for the journey if you're not going to approach it with joy. And I don't think you could be at peace with any outcome if you weren't doing this from a place of joy. For what would be the opposite of joy? Disdain? Darkness? Pain? Yeah, I like that one. You like that one? Don't pretend like you don't like that one. Surely pain is probably the closest opposite we can find to joy. If you're doing this from a pain point, and everything you do comes from pain, You're never going to last. 
I was, I was speaking about this to another client the other day who's experiencing a lot of pain, self-imposed, of course. But it's okay for pain to get you moving. It's okay for most of us, that's how the journey begins of self-cultivation and social dynamics, that we begin from pain because we don't like who we are. We don't like the fact that Friday night is our best, at our best, is sitting alone in a beanbag, eating some pizza, playing Call of Duty. That's painful. So I need to move away from this pain and become a better person. That gets you going. But if you never transition from pain to joy, or in another way of saying it, from pain to pleasure, and seeing the pleasure of things, seeing the pleasure in your development, seeing the pleasure in who you're becoming and how that can improve other people's lives. If you never move to that side of the fence and to that side of this gray wall, then you'll forever remain chained, remain chained to pain. You will always see things as arduous. You will always see things as a grind. You will always see things as a point of saving, that I'm only doing this because I need to be saved. For to remain in the place of pain is to remain attached to remain attached to that which you do not wish to be. The reason why you began the journey should not be the reason why you continued the journey. Fucking sign it up. Fuck, you can fucking sign that up. The reason why you started the journey cannot be the reason why you continue the journey. For if you continue the journey through the reason which you started, which for most people is going to be a pain point because you have a limiting belief about yourself because you don't think you're good enough, you don't think you're valuable enough, because you don't think you're cool enough, sexy enough, right? you don't think you're ever going to amount to anything in life because the current state of your life is just so terrible. If that is the thing that you are hoping to persist you throughout a journey in which that I have already pre-stated, it is a journey in which that it's not about who you're getting, it's not about the validation that you're getting. It's not about the nod, the dap, the clap back. It's not about any of that. It is about who you are becoming so that you could give a better experience to another person so that they could enjoy a best experience. It's about the best experience. And the best experience is surely going to map to a sexually intimate moment in which that for the for that for that guy for that guy for you right now listen to this and you decided I'm gonna go out tonight and I know my friends are really good with interacting with people and I'm quite frankly I'm just a piece of shit I'm a real fish I'm real scared but I'm gonna go out and do this anyway and so I'll go out and do this and then I'm faced with all these limiting beliefs and all these self inadequacies that just keep popping up here and there right there that person should have spoke to them didn't should have spoke to that person didn't fuck I'm so in my head but then all of a sudden what did I hear about that podcast what did that podcast go into oh what he said was. Put it all down. Put it all down. And just do the best that you can do. Be the best that you can be right now. And give the best that you can give. Sight your expectation on giving the best experience that you can. And you follow that through. Because no matter how shit you were, you knew in your heart you wanted that girl to have the best experience with you that night. That was it. It may have lasted five seconds, 10 seconds. Maybe you have 10 to 15 interactions that last five to 10 seconds. Then all of a sudden, at 12.30 a.m., 12.47 a.m., a beautiful German girl walks by in the doorway entry to this club as you were chatting it up with the coat check. There's a little glimmer in her eye. Little sparkle. She looked like she was having a good night. 
I feel like I could make it even better just by going up to her and say, excuse me, Miss Sparkly Eyes. What? What? what, what? Who's Miss Sparkly Eyes? I just want to say you have really sparkly eyes. You're so cute. My name's Adam. Takes your hand. As if... As if a mold of sand had encompassed your entire body. Feeling your hand melt into hers. Feeling the connection upon first touch in which that there's electricity here, but there's a softness to it. This isn't every girl. This girl's in some kind of place. She was having a good night. But the fact that I gave her such direct, congruent authenticity with empathy, there's something here. So you pull her in. And you put your hand around her waist. And you look deeply into her eyes. You don't say anything. You just breathe. And you can only just breathe because you had spent the previous two hours overcoming all of your neuroses, all of the things that you've been holding. You'd spent two hours putting them all down so that you could be ready at this moment in time to meet this woman and to give her this experience, the best experience. What's the best experience from a woman's perspective? A man who's just there with her. A man who just sees her for who she is. A man who wants nothing from her, expects nothing from her, needs nothing from her. A man who can just be as he is. I'm a man, you're a woman. Let's see if we connect. That's the mindset. When it comes to the sexual polarity of things. But in terms of his own mindset towards this, I can feel a love from him for what is happening here. I can feel a peace with what whatever would happen with this. I can feel a joy for how this is. Not that I think she would ever articulate it that way, but certainly the feeling would be there. And so you inquire a little bit later on throughout this as you guys walked out the door check, out onto the street, talking shit, pecking her on the cheek, she's nibbling at your neck. And you inquire that she doesn't have much to do tomorrow. It's okay if you guys want to go back to her place and watch a movie. Find out that she likes the Lion King. All right. Let's grab an Uber. You find yourself in an Uber. Back to her apartment. Maybe little thoughts pop into your mind along this drive thinking, is this the night? Is this what it's going to... Is this sex? Is this what sex looks like? Is this the pathway to sex? What? Hang on a second. Was I worried about that when I met her? No. Why am I worried about it now? Connect to who I am. Put it down. Put it down. Put it down. So you remember to breathe. You catch yourself. Just remind yourself to don't stress so hard about this. Let it be what it will be. Right in. Walk into her apartment. She gets you a glass of water. You guys sit down on the couch. Start watching Lion King. She nuzzles into your neck. She drapes across your legs. She's rubbing your neck. 
You drag your fingernails through her hair, softly caressing her cheek, a gentle thumb sliding down her subtle yet delicate neck. Your heart pumps. Your lungs expand. You feel your hair standing up because you think this is the time. This is the sex time. This feels like sex. Do I kiss her now? Should I be kissing her? What if she doesn't want me to kiss her? Oh, what if she was expecting me to kiss her? I already missed the moment. Fuck. Hang on. Were you worried about this when you met her? No. Why are you worried about it now? Put it down. Put it down. And so you learn to breathe again into the moment. And as Rafiki was talking to Simba in the grass from the tree, leading him through to the reflection in which that he would see himself and maybe see him father, see his father in himself, you happened to look down at her and she looked up at you and in her eyes you saw yourself in each other. You saw the universe. And so you kissed her. As soft as a butterfly landing on your hand, she kissed you back. The heat rising up through your neck. The relief in your heart. Knowing that when you kissed her, you came to know who you were for the first time. You felt so whole. You felt strong. You felt home. A deep silence overwhelms you. And understanding that when I put down all of that which plagued me, when I put down my ego, when I put down my mind, when I put down all my beliefs and expectations, and just came into this moment, love was here for me. The depths of a full love was here for me. I needed to access it. I needed but access it. I needed but allow myself to return to it. Minutes go by. Hours go by. In a moment. The movie comes to an end. She gets up off the couch, leading you by the wrist to her bedroom. She makes a playful joke about how dorky your track pants are. You say, girl, you're lucky I'm even wearing track pants. (laughs) She laughs. You wish you had these dorky track pants. Good luck getting them off. She takes that as a cheerful, cheeky jest, yet something of a challenge. Is that right? Is that right, Mr. Dorky Trackpants? Yeah, just try to get him off. She pushes you onto the bed. She's on top of you, she mounts you. She's wrestling you. She's trying to undo your bow. You're trying to flip her over, you're trying to sweep that shit. 
You get your leg on the outside, you sweep her, you roll her. Now you're on top of her. Mm. You got wrist control. Mm. You run your tongue along her neck. Mm. She gasps. What was that? What was that? Why'd you lick my neck? Did you not like it? I didn't say that. You look at Nick again. You feel yourself getting hard. You can smell that she's getting wet. Intoxicating it is when the sexual hormones are released between man and woman. You feel yourself grinding deeply into her. All of a sudden now your tongue's interlocked in a chess match of snakes. Nibbling, biting, trying to understand what each other's saying. No words at all, just your tongues. A conversation in tongue. As you grind your hips deeply into hers, you're close to Lon. Shit, is this time now? Is this the sex time now? What if I can't, what if I can't please her? What if I can't be like the other guy she'd been with? What if I don't do this? What if I don't? What if I don't do this the full way or the whole way, and I can't go back to my friends and family, and oh, or even at least just my closest friend, and just say that oh, that's the shit what happened? What if I have to lie? What if this doesn't happen the way that I want it to happen? And I have to lie to my friends to say that it happened. Oh, hang, on. hang on, slow down, slow down. Were you worried about that when you met her? No. So put it all down. What if I can't maintain an erection? Slow down. Put it all down. You don't need to have an erection. You don't need to have sex. You don't need to live up to some idealized, conformed idea of pleasure and satisfaction. Just need you to be there with her. Just need you to be there with her. Because if you can just be there, all of what needs to happen will happen. When you saw the universe within each other, that was not a new creation, but a returning back to what human beings have access to them at all times. The depth of now. The presence of now. And in the depths of now, You will find all that you need. You will find all the satisfaction available to a human being in the correct time, in the correct pace. Okay. Okay. I got off center there. That's okay. We got time here. I'm looking down into her eyes. She's such a baby. She's such a kitten. She's so innocent. She's so pure in that I can sense she doesn't want anything from me. She's not asking me to do things that I'm not comfortable with. I trust her. When you look into her eyes, can you say, I trust her? I can. Well, if you can see that in her eyes, then she wants to see that in yours. Every time you question yourself, every time you think that sex is going to save you, know that she can't see the light and the trust within your eyes. It's a dark blanket that covers all the light that could be shunned through. So put it all down. Let those blankets down. They're heavy. Real heavy. Show her through your eyes that you trust her. You trust that she trusts you. 
So breathing into your belly. Maximal breath. Breathing deep. Hold it. Let it sit. Slowly out. All the way out. Let it sit. Empty out. Now you're back. You're back in that center. You're back in that ground. Pushing her arms up above her head. So that her arms are fully stretched out behind her. Or above her head on the bed. Arms fully stretched out above her head on the bed. You start to lift her top up. Gliding your fingers along her ribcage. Massaging your way through every little rib. Every inch of her skin. Feeling the goosebumps along the way. Thumbs rolling, rolling up all the way. Until her shirt no longer possesses. Unclipping her bra. Throwing it off the bed. With reckless abandon. Your tongue gently rolls down the center line of her chest. Almost and so conspicuously avoiding her nipples. So that you would, at the bottom, curve your tongue all the way back up around her breast, finding your lips meeting with her nipple. What a surprise, what a shock. I didn't think he was going there. Through your teeth, her nipple slides, playfully. Like a tornado, your tongue wraps around a nipple. You breathe again. Unhooking. Unhooking the bow tie that connects her trackies. Sliding her track pants down her legs. Breathing your hot, deep air between her legs. Hooking your teeth along the thread of her thong. Snapping it back down onto her hip. The electricity, the tease, excites her, makes her moan. You feel the quivers between her legs. Paying such close attention to the look in her eyes. Seeing the comfort within her. Feeling the effortless flow of time within yourself so as to realize there is no time. You can go as fast or as slow as you want. And when you know you can go as fast or as slow as you want, you inevitably take your sweet time. For if you had pressure to do things fast, you would surely mess up this dance. If you thought you had to go fast in order to satisfy someone, you would surely dissatisfy them. It pays attention 
pays worth to note attention to the fact that throughout all of this, what you may refer to as foreplay, but really a priming of each other's souls to enter each other. That you were hard the entire time and she was wet the entire time. Not that I want you to focus on that during this experience. Of course not. But in post, you would note, it'd be worth noting that it's because I was not focused on having to sexually perform that I was able to sexually satisfy. Not just her, but yourself. Returning back. Her lacy red thong lying on the floor now. As you find your naked body sliding up and down hers. You feel the wet pool between her legs. Welcoming the hard rock between yours. A dance. A dance of playful grinding. Sensual kissing. A gripping of her legs. A digging of her nails into your back. As you find yourself on top of her. Building to a climax. In which that an orgasm may well happen with no penetration whatsoever. There's so much heat. As if someone had corked a volcano. And you finally slip yourself into her. Driving yourself deeply into her. At first, slow yet powerful. Easing yourself into it. Using your hips. Like a ship guiding its way through the vast ocean. You see the release in her neck. You see the arching of her back. You feel her spirit emanating through her mouth. It's there for you. Drink it in. You open up your lips and you place them to hers and you become one. Intensity starts to pick up. Now you become animals. Animals in a field. Filthy. Reckless. Almost to the point of destructive. How much force. How much grip. How much heat is being transferred. You both agree to this. You both understand and are mutually set under. And in words not said but mutually understood that. Take me there. I want you to take me there. And as those two animals reach the edge of a cliff. Looking at each other one last time. They fall off. Holding each other the entire ride down. Into a blissful, 
peaceful. Obliteration. The climax in your sex, in your love. The climax in your sex and your love being an obliteration of self and time. So peaceful. Yet so vigorous and so intense. Rolling back onto your back. Hearing her panting. Barely able to catch her breath. Feeling the ecstasy of nerval excitement around your body. Everything's tingling. Everything's on fire. Including your spirit. A wave of despair rifts through your mind. What if she never sees me again? I can finally tell my friends that I did it. I'll finally be the cool guy. Can't wait to tell my friends about it. Got to see her again. Got to do it again. Got to show them her. Got to be seen with her now. Got to take a photo of her now. Got to take a photo while we're in bed together. Got to fucking let the world know that I'm a man. And that ice cold wave of despair runs through you. As you realize that. You were using sex to save you. You thought sex was going to be the thing that made you feel whole. That made you feel worthy. That made you feel alive. For you had disconnected from who you are. For you had seen the spiritual connection of a sexual dance between a masculine and feminine as nothing but a transaction. For you had not dealt internally with all the things that plagued you. For you had not realized that you had predestined yourself to being an unworthy human. And now you must seek the dollars, the cars, the houses, the sex to form up your concept of who you believe yourself to be. To give yourself reason for living. To give yourself reason for being. You thought sex was going to save you. Yet now, after you've had the sex, you feel less. There was an obliteration, but it was not an obliteration of self and time. It was an obliteration of self-worth. Confidence. True understanding. But then that voice hits you again. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down, slow down. Hey, slow down. You're doing just fine. You're doing just fine. Come back. You're doing just fine and then you did too much. Come back. 
Come back from having to use sex from saving you. Come back from having to use sex as a tool of validation. Come back. Just put all that down for a second and come back to that which is whole, to that which is centered and grounded, which is realizing that you just have one of the most beautiful connections that a human being can experience, which is a relinquishing of all your ideas, all of your attachments, all of your expectations to things and beings in this world, and that you came into the moment with this beautiful person in front of you. You went to her, she received you. You breathed so deeply. You recognized the universe within each other, and it was ecstasy. It was beauty and truth in their highest capacities, in their highest forms. Come back. That's all this had to be. That's all there ever could be. You're adding all these other things. You're adding these things about what your friends think, about what society's going to think, about how you need to prove yourself. You don't need to prove yourself to anyone. You proved all that needed to be proved here, which is that you could be here now. That sex was not here to save you. That you had already saved you. You'd already returned back to you by being here with the incessant thought and the incessant chatter deleted from your mind. You came to be here. I don't know it wasn't easy. But you did it. So come back. Put it all down and come back. Sit. Are you going to see her again? Doesn't matter. Were you worried about whether you were going to see her when you first met her? No. Put it down. Were you worried about whether your friends were concerned about whether you are going to have sex with this girl when you first met her? No. Put it down. Were you worried about whether this girl was going to love you after this moment? Want to be with you after this moment? No. Put it down. It's amazing how when you put things down, you allow the space for which things can come back to you. To that point, beautifully, of which that my client had said, for all these pickup artists and all these online bloggers detailing all of their sexual endeavors and adventures, they note that this one in particular had a very low retention rate, which they girls didn't want to come back and see him another time. That's disgraceful. It's absolutely disgraceful because what that indicates to me is that he did not have the focus on giving the best experience. He got his, yeah? He got his. He got to have sex with her. He got to be able to write up this report. He got to be able to get validated by his friends. But what did she walk away thinking? This guy just took. This guy took from me. And yeah, there's probably a lot of problems on her end from selecting for a guy that's just going to take. Right, that speaks to the pain within her. Okay, that's a different conversation. But for this guy in particular, it's like, oof, oof. You took a hit to your spirit there. You took damage to your spirit there. If a girl doesn't want to see you after a sexual experience, unless we're taking to we're not taking into account the fact that she's expressing tremendous levels of pain. We're taking let's just take into account that it's a girl that is on a neutral point. All right, just take take neutral, not excessively inflamed, but not also excessively well balanced. Let's just take a neutral. What I'm trying to say there is not seemingly obvious that she's in a world of pain or a world of awesomeness. Just a girl is just, uh, Saving for that. She doesn't want to see you again. What'd you do? Or what didn't you do? What were you optimizing for or what weren't you optimizing for? What experience were you trying to give or not give? This is that joy. 
This is about peace. and This is about love. Love for the journey. Peace with the outcome. Joy for doing the thing. Hell yes. Something was broken within those three principles if you walk away from a sexual experience and a girl doesn't want to see you again. And I'm not talking about because she had to fly back home to Romania the next day. I'm talking about because fundamentally she didn't feel that you were there to give her the best experience. You were there because you wanted sex to save you. Save you from your loneliness. Save you from your pain. Save you from that which plagues you. An inability to connect to who you are. Not because you don't have the ability, but because you are not willing to access it by putting down all of these thoughts. To stop stressing your spirit, wrenching your spirit, wringing it out like a wet cloth, just trying to suck all the validation out of it. Yeah, you got to put it down. You've got to put it down. If you wish to have a hope at living as a whole, centered, grounded, and connected being. Now, my friends, I said that there was another message. And there was. I'm going to give me a little sip of water here, but there's another message in which that a longtime supporter of the show had messaged and reached out with. So let me get that next. So a longtime supporter of this channel and the show sent in this message via Instagram, at Tang one saying, Hi, Adam. Been away from the journey now since early 2021. Wanting to get back into improving myself and my social skills. How do I go about this correctly with my mindset? So I don't rush myself to become the same person I was over two years ago. Hope you're being all well, all the best. Uh, I asked for a little bit of further clarity, a little extra context, and he came back saying, been feeling like I'm not the same person I used to be. The me two years ago was a lot better, more confident, charismatic. Feeling a lot of pressure to become that person again. There was also the issue of me canceling dates. Haven't been on a date in months due to me mainly canceling them. Even though I tell myself to go for the growth, I can't justify spending my time slash money if I don't even know if I'll get along with these girls. In brackets, these girls are from dating apps, by the way. In brackets, haven't gone out cold slash sober since early 2020, unhappy face. Been listening to your podcast again and it's been helping. Planning to head out this weekend sober. Just uh, have to be careful not to have expectations of what could slash should happen. What's amazing is that we have already really addressed the game plan for this guy. We'll just put a little bit more of a targeted focus on it. It's amazing that we already went into this actually. It's like it's quite amazing that I went into a bit of a role play for someone who's just coming into the journey fresh really. So it really applies to him. All the mindsets, everything we've said applies here. But for a more specific focus, what I would say to him is that if you're coming from a place in which that you know how good you can be, so it's not quite analogous to all the stuff I've been through very specifically because I'm talking about someone who is rock bottom, someone that's dealing with the pain for the first time. This guy's dealt with some pain before, has eclipsed some pain, but has returned back to that painful place. So if you have an idea of the height of goodness that you have reached, that you have reached some goodness at some time, that you have removed and put down a lot of the heavy blankets of darkness within you, then yes, there can be an attachment to what you once were and that can color the fact that and you may not play privy or you may not play strictly to the principles that I've already mentioned. So that's the only thing that I would say would be a little bit different for this guy is that you have to be careful, as he said at the end of his message, about what should slash could happen if you're coming back into this journey of self-illumination, cultivation and development to treat yourself as day one. Right? Just because you've been out before and just because you've seen some good outcomes for yourself before and hopefully that's what you're focusing on, then you need to recenter back into the position which that I'm day one. I'm day one. Because 
If you're having to come back to learning cold social dynamics, what that means is that inherently you did not reach the level which is designed to prevent you from having to have gone back. Because if you have not reached conscious competence, which and a level of seven to eight on the clock face of social dynamics, which is basically my system of targeting different levels of development and learning within social skill. So 12 to three being unconsciously incompetent. You don't even know what you don't even know. And then from three to six, conscious incompetence, which is now I know what I don't know and I'm really bad at it. So I'm trying to work on this shit, but it doesn't really work. And then from six to nine, conscious competence, which I know what I know now and I'm pretty good at it. I can do it. Not amazingly, not perfect or not even close to perfection, but I know what I'm doing and I can do it. And then from nine to 12, you're so good at what you do now that you don't even know. That you just do. There is no knowing. There is no having to consciously do anything here. I just see the person, I go meet the person. That's it, done. So for him, if you did not reach a midway of conscious competence, which is about seven to eight on a clock face, if you didn't meet that, eight being the perfect midway there, if you didn't meet that, then you are likely to regress and fall back off the journey. You know, this is what happens with most people. They climb all the way up the mountain, which means they go from 12 to six and they get to a consciously competent place and then they just stop for whatever the reason may be. They got too attached to a peach that rolled down the mountain, right? They got too attached to a girl that they met. They didn't complete their social development. Uh, uh, they got addicted to something. They got drawn away from uh, even COVID. Just likely people just became weak because of COVID. They allowed their external circumstances to dictate their internal journey, etc. So whatever it may have been, and they regressed in social skill because if you only ever reach a midpoint or sorry, a midpoint of the journey or just unconscious teetering unconscious competence, but you never cement it. So you achieved it, but you didn't cement it. And what cementing means is to go beyond, like I'm actually looking at a clock right now, to go between six into the midway of where it's like, I've spent enough time, a meaningful period of time executing socially competent behaviors to the point in which that it doesn't matter how long I took off. It doesn't matter if I took six months off, 12 months off, five years off to go into a monogamous relationship or to not, even if I didn't want to go into a monogamous relationship or I just wanted to just do other things, didn't want to work on social skills, I would know I would be good. I know I'd be fine. Why? Because I'd done it so much. It got so ingrained into my way of being, my natural behavior, my subconscious patterns were reconditioned, reprogrammed, retrained. And so now I know what to do. Yeah, it might be a little bit rough. It might be a little bit uh, rough around the edges coming back, but that'll be sorted out within a week at tops. If you never reach that place, you're always going to be susceptible to regression. So the ticket for this guy should be that you need to have a firm focus on what your goal is, which is for everyone, somewhere between seven to eight on conscious competence. And the way that you achieve that, by the way, is by getting to conscious competence. And I would say for most clients that I've seen, it takes anywhere between three to six months to fully cement that position. Like once you get to six o'clock, it's going to take another three to six months training. What that really means is once you feel like you know what you're doing, like you can go up to another human being and that you're not freaking out first off about having to go up to them. And then when you go up to them, you can see all four stages of the interaction, open qualification, investment, close. You can see it all. You can manage it all. As long as your 50s there and her 50s there, it's good. All right. That is what conscious competence is. Now, does it mean that it flows effortlessly? And actually, no interaction should ever flow effortlessly. As you become more competent and you reach unconscious competence, hopefully there's a lot of fuck-ups happening in your interactions, but it's the true sign of someone who has unconscious competence skill that can manage a fuck-up because they take so much risk. 
because they're willing for things to go wrong and it doesn't matter. They're willing to be somewhat offensive. And I don't mean that in an aggressive way. I mean that they're willing to push the edge. They're willing to say things, do things that there isn't a clear green or red. It's like a lot of yellows and you don't, this could go either way. Some, and most of the time, if you're consciously competent at a minimum and unconsciously competent, those yellows are going to flip to green. But sometimes they might not. Sometimes you might make a mistake. That's okay because you know how to back step. You know how to go back to a previous point of comfortability and to help them work through that, help yourself to work through that. Anyways, getting to deep social dynamics here. Anyways, staying on the macro principle here, you want to reach absolutely a midway point of conscious competence to, uh, and then you set that goal, right? And you do not stop until you achieve that. That's it. And so that's what I was doing. I was painting out what that looks like when you achieve that. Yeah, and it just means that you can do that over three to six, over a three to six month period of time, depending on how hard case you are or natural you are. It would take for you to just practice routinely, whether you're going out in the day or the night, to be able to ingrain that social skill set, reprogram yourself, and complete the programming. I would say, so that you never forget. That's why it doesn't matter for me if I literally haven't done a cold approach. I'm not, I'm saying, for example, if I took like five years of never doing a cold approach. I cold approach every single day, <laughs> but, uh, like literally. <laughs> but uh, like when you spend every single day on the beach, you meet a new person every single day. It's great. But even if I didn't have that and I was just meeting and I only met one person every five years in an actual cold approach, I'd be fine. It'd be a little bit rough, like around the edges, but not in the core. See what I'm saying? Ingrain the skill set. It'll be there for life. I think that's all I really need to address of him. That's like a little bit different. I just, I promised him in a, uh, well, I didn't promise, but I said, and I always stick to my word, that I said I would address his specific question in today's session. But largely, like we've already discussed the principles of what the journey should be for someone that is learning to overcome themselves through the process of social dynamics, through the process of learning about who you are in relation to others. That's all social dynamics is, learning about who I am in relation to others. It's got nothing to do with transacting on sex. It's got nothing to do with becoming a bowler and getting all these numbers and going on dates and being able to say your best friend, oh, fuck, look at me, I'm so fucking cool, bro. You know, it's not got nothing to do with that. And that's why it's so fundamental that you realize this very early on, that you will not be saved by sex. You will not be saved by avoiding the loneliness, the pain, the deletion of self-worth within yourself will not be corrected via sex. If anything, that would only help to destroy it. Whatever modicum of self-worth you had left about yourself, if you go and pursue a redirection, recourse in gaining yourself a way back to that through sex, you find yourself even more lost. What I'm trying to say there is that the more that you chase sex, the more that you lose yourself. The more that you chase validation from others in the sexual landscape, the more that other people will not be able to connect with you. The more that you cannot connect with yourself, the more that you will find yourself in a dark, dark, lonely place. And this is where things need to get real here. For those with the open heart, it's sometimes hard to see that someone would do that to you, that they would use you in the chase for self-worth through sex. Because the best of you, I hope all of you listening to this reach this place in which that your heart is always open, that you don't close it on anyone, that you don't walk into social interactions with other human beings with preconceived notions, preconceived ideas of what should or could happen, 
that you just let things unfold as they will. You let the leaves fall where they may. And in that process, as it is a precondition that you find yourself open to all types, all types, all kinds of people, and if you find yourself connecting with some of them, and so you let them into your life, you let them into your spirit, and not just in the doorway, but deep, deep down into the drop off within that room six feet deep they got into your room the room of your spirit only to burn you only to walk away with you walk away from you with a path of ice they froze your room out on their way out which is to say that they ghost you for no apparent reason After what you thought was a beautiful experience together across a few months, a few weeks, they drop you for no explanation. If that ever happens to you, as a result of you having an open heart, do not allow that to close. Just because someone else was using sex as a masquerade for the torn limb from their spiritual body, that they were band-aiding the pain and the blood seeping out from their wound. That says nothing on your open heart. That judges nothing of your open heart. That destroys nothing of your open heart. Now, I know you're in pain because of that. You might feel pain because of that. But I should not correct your behavior. For your behavior was not a fault. Keeping an open heart is never the wrong way. Closing your heart is always the wrong way. For what kind of existence would you rather live? What is this protected ice wall that doesn't allow the true depths of human connection and the true human emotion to enter into you? Listen, my friends, I've been there. I've been there and it's a bad place. It's a dark place. I would much rather the pain of love than the pain of isolation. The pain of shielding yourself off from what human beings can experience You don't realize that is a pain and how painful that is until you open up. That's why so many people can stay within that mode of behavior for so long. Because you think it feels good at the time. When you become this devoid of all human connection, just not allowing anyone to get close to your emotional center, your spiritual center, who you believe yourself to be. You never let anyone in. You never open up those walls. You're good. You're a little island. You're good on your own island. And maybe every now and again, when th- maybe if a, a particularly extraneous event, something you did not expect happens, maybe a family member passed away or a friend passed away or someone betrayed you or something, maybe just a moment, a raw moment in which that you needed someone to hold you and you realize there's no one to hold you. For you had not been willing to hold anyone else because you were so shut off, because you were so cold. Only then would you realize, as you were forced to defrost that ice shell, and you found yourself in embrace. You found yourself in the warm campfire of another human being. As they held you, 
as you allowed yourself to hold them. You only know the warmth and how good the warm can be. If you choose to allow it in. Which is to say that the ice feels great and the ice feels just fine until you feel warm. And it is upon feeling warm that you realize how wrong you were in thinking that I could live through ice. A song of fire and ice, huh? But then some of you might think that, but what if I get burnt? What if it gets too warm? Gets too hot? And I get burnt. That fire got too close. Too close to the sun. In my experience, having been burnt a couple times in my life, very recently, only twice in my life, and the most recent being very recent, very recent, the pain of love, the pain of getting too close to the sun, is not nearly as painful as the pain of being alone. The pain of living as an ice shell. The pain of not allowing yourself to fully express in all of the beauty, in the magnificence of an array of human emotion and connection that could have experienced between you and another. The way that you look a woman in the eyes, the way that she nuzzles into your neck, the way that you run your tongue along hers. To bite at each other's souls. To hug at each other's hearts. And if you got too close while doing that, and you misjudged who that person was, or you misjudged your ability to deal with rejection, or to deal with self-imposed limiting beliefs, or whatever it may be, or maybe none of that occurred on your end, and they presented anything of the like, and all you wanted to do All you wanted was for them to allow you to fully love them. But they pushed you away and in doing so burnt you. You opened your heart so full and so wide. You opened that heart so full and so wide. Hoping that they would take. Hoping that they would take it. And press it against theirs. As open and as wide. But they did the opposite. Your open heart was met with. An inferno. Of frozen ice. It's okay. Don't change. And don't ever change. It is your open heart that reminds us of the goodness of humanity. It is your open heart that keeps this world warm. Just because someone doesn't receive it does not diminish its quality. Just because someone's not ready at this moment in time does not diminish its quality. You know your quality. Your heart knows its openness, knows its fullness, knows its worth. 
may you meet someone. May you grow wise in your years to meet someone and select for someone who would be able to mirror back to you all of the openness of which your heart is. But until that time happens, and until that person shows and presents themselves, this is your journey. This is your test. So do your best. Sex won't save you, but love will. The love you feel waking up with a woman first thing in the morning as she rolls onto your chest, as she places her lips on your chest, as her chest raises up and down on yours. Not a word said, but a bird heard in the sky as the auburn sun trickles in through the light. That kind of love will always be worth the pain of a burnt, open heart. The experience of humanity is so fleeting and so rare. You're going to be young once. You're going to be old once. Love can be found at all moments throughout your entire chronology. I know seven-year-olds. I know 60-year-olds that just fell in love. I know 80-year-olds that I saw at the beach yesterday that are deeply in love and have been their entire lives. It's one particular couple I want to shout out to. Don't know their name. But they always come up and say hi to me when I'm about to cold plunge. <sighs> Human beings are so inspirational. Right, you think you're an inadequate piece of shit because you don't have a love in your life now. Hey, work on you. Do you. Get better at being you. Get better at being the best you. So that you can give the best of you to another. And if you played that game out infinitely across a lifetime. It's a nice juxtaposition of words, isn't it? But if you played that out as many times as you could across your entire life, which was that every single person I came up to, I gave them the best of me and I gave them the most open version of my heart, you would eventually meet someone who is operating on the same level in which you would experience a brilliance of the moment. And if not, you would die trying. For those that have lost meaning in their lives, what's the point of living in life? If it's all going to go to ash anyway. a good point if you don't take into account the experience of those who are alive now the love the peace and the joy you can give now that's what matters to reduce the suffering of those around you and to increase the love peace and joy that's meaning in life at a bare minimum that's the meaning of life that's a meaning in life that anyone can take and you will have lived a meaningful life looking back if that's the way that you operated that's the way that you behaved you can die today And you go to sleep every single fucking night and you ask yourself, can I die today? Inferring, am I happy to die? And if your answer is no to that, stop everything that you're doing and ask why. If your answer is yes to that, then I think you and I know each other very well. Since I was about 18 years old, there's not been a single day that's gone by where I was not happy to die. Not a single. Every night I ask myself, are you happy to die? Because you might. 
No heart might stop. Your heart's just a muscle. It's a very strong muscle. Incredible endurance, but it's going to tick out at some point. You better be happy that you could die. You may well not wake up. So why are you happy to die? Because I know that I reduce someone's suffering. And I increase their love, peace and joy. Today. Which means they were better off having met me today. Even if it was just a random woman walking by on the beach. And I said, hey, how are you? I smiled at her. How's your day? And it blew her away. Because no other person gives a fuck. No one else cares. Or some random guy who needed a help checking if his brake lights were out. I'll be out, man. Yeah. Press on, press off. Hey, back left, back left's out. Oh, thanks so much, bro. Thanks so much. And you see how grateful they actually were. His day was a little bit better off because I met him. Small axe, big axe, does not matter. As long as you act with best intent, that's what matters. And so as we draw this right back up, we bring this podcast to a summary on why sex will never save you and sex will not save you. It's because only you can save you. You lean on others for guidance. You lean on others when the shield gets too heavy. You incorporate others into your support framework to be able to express your thoughts, to be able to work through yourself, but ultimately so you can get back to yourself, to know yourself, to know that you are not your pain, you are not your thoughts, you are not this incessant chatter within your ego. You are the eternal thread. You are the eternal source, the spirit, the Tao, the God, the Genesis within you. That is undying. That is forever ongoing. No beginning, no end, just is. You get back to that. And you experience that in a moment. You can experience that through your sexual connection. You can be there with a woman. She can be running her hands along your body. You can be driving driving yourself deeply into her. You can be unfolding your tongue within hers and still realize the fact that I see the universe within each other. I see the universe within her and she sees it within me. And so words fall upon you. As the leaves do. As you come to know yourselves for the first time. So my friends, this is where we wrap this up. And I'm wishing you so much love, peace and joy. And that brings me to my thanks for all of you. Thank you, first off, for just being here, your presence. But please let me know. Let me know in a comment down below where you are in your lives, how you felt about this, any commentary. I'll do my best to get back as soon as I possibly can. And also, if you did enjoy the content, please hit the thumbs up on the YouTube video. It just helps it get sent out to more people in the community. And if you feel like this would resonate with someone else, please share it to some of your close friends. If you would like to dive into one-on-one coaching, that's all available on boldojo.com guided meditation free resources of wisdom free weekly on my newsletter bowl sip just chuck your email in comes out every friday that's all available all the links down below and if you would like to support the podcast directly you can donate anything that you wish through the paypal link down below or on the website boldojo.com in the podcast section anything that you guys give is always super appreciated so thank you very much wishing you all the love peace and joy in this life <laughs>